Happy Easter today. We're going to look at Easter is filled with empty. Is what we're looking at today. Easter's filled with empty. I want you to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew 28. And let's read, uh, I'll read verses, well, more reading than usual, but I'm certainly not apologizing for that. Um, One through eight, Matthew 28. Easter is filled with empty. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And he said, Come see the place where the Lord was laying and go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and behold he goes before you into Galilee and there you shall see him I have told you and they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word Lord we're asking and praying God this Easter Sunday morning that you would bless this preacher to be able to preach this word And God, I certainly know that you have been good to me far better than I deserve. When I first got here, my prayer was to be able to preach to a hundred people every Sunday morning. And Lord, you have certainly added to that more so than I ever would have thought would have happened. So God, we're thankful for that, how good you have been. And we're asking and praying, Lord, that the people here this day would receive from you something that would be beneficial to them, something, God, that would remain with them, for it is your word that we are dealing with today. In Jesus' name, amen. What I wanted was an empty platform, but after talking to the music director, it was like, heavens no! (laughs) It would take too much work to get all of, and it would. It would. The preacher's reasonable. I don't care what you've heard. (laughs) He's reasonable. So instead of emptying the platform, just figured we'd cover over the platform. We have got today, usually the fabric is over the cross. We've took that down. It's an empty cross. There's nothing on the screens empty screens. There are some things about Easter that is empty. The triumphal entry into Jerusalem with the people screaming and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. As Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem and the people laying palm branches before him and crying out, Hosanna, Save us now is what that means. Save us now. 
Save us now. And it very well could be that just a few days later, these same people that were crying out these words, Hosanna, Hosanna. It very well could have been that in that same group of people, now those same people are saying, crucify him, crucify him. Empty words, empty words. Easter is filled with a certain people saying empty words. And there are empty words that live with us even yet today. The empty words of, I don't need God. Empty, empty. The idea that we are the captain of our own fate and we're doing what we want to do and we breathe and we go about our life. Friend, we can't even breathe the next breath without God's permission to do so. So to think that you are that important and you are that big. I've seen this happen about five to six or seven years ago, and it showed it on the news with Bill Gates being in a conference room setting, and he is giving a presentation, of course, about Microsoft, and in during that time, an earthquake happened. Right there, and that building was affected by that earthquake. And Bill Gates, the richest man on earth, as tilings begin to fall out of the ceiling. And you could see as the camera was shaking. And Bill Gates, the richest man on the planet, began doing this number. He couldn't stop what was going on. I don't care how much money he had. Couldn't affect the outcome. I don't care how much money he had. And the idea that, well, we don't need God. Empty words is what it is. Empty. Every one of us needs his hand upon our life. The Bible says in Psalms, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. For a person to say the empty words of, I don't believe there's a God. You know what they've got? They've got faith in unbelief. And I hate to think that I'm going through life with faith and unbelief. And you know what? It seems amazing to me. Atheists always seem so angry. Atheists always seem so unhappy. If I didn't believe in a God, I would not give one ounce of my time even talking about God, his existence or not. It lets me know they know deep down there is a God. John chapter 15, Jesus said these words, without me you can do, anybody want to fill in the blank? Nothing, that's what he said. Without me you can do nothing, nothing, nothing. Again, we can't take our next breath unless he gives our permission to do that. And if we don't have his permission, we ain't breathing. i tell you what I am by nature, and I just can't help it. I'm a competitor, and thank God that I'm born again, or else it'd be one of two things. Either I would be so filthy rich because of gambling, or I would be filthy dirt poor <laughs> because of gambling. 
I mean, if I'm sitting in a car waiting for the wife to get out of Walmart and it's raining outside, two things, I'll jockey around until I've got the very closest place that I can get. That's right, I do that without it being a handicapped parking. <laughs> you know, first somebody that two faces down and I see that they've moved, I'll, I'll get out of my spot and back up and I'll go over here. Or it, while it's raining, if as the, as the raindrops are on the windshield, I will think, I bet this one right here is going to get down first before this one over here does. <laughs> can't help it. I can't help it. That's just how I'm hardwired, I guess. We can't take our next breath without God's help. And yes, I am competitive and all of that, but the idea that I would live my life for the next 45 seconds without being saved, that's a gamble I'm not willing to take. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Because I know that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun and eternity is long and I may have that that. that underlying gambling nature within me, but I'm telling you, I ain't gambling my soul. And I know deep down you're thinking right now, I wonder if he buys lottery tickets. I do not. <laughs> you say, well, it's nothing in the Bible against it. Well, that may be, but it's just a principle of the thing. Because I'd, 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 I'd go out here and purchase a lottery ticket, and I'd win, and I'd, they'd be on the news, and Preacher won the lottery and everybody stopped paying tithes, so it's just not worth it to me. <laughs> Empty words. I'm a good person. Empty. 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 People have told me this. It happens from time to time. Mark, you are a good person. Let me tell you a secret here. Only good thing about me is Jesus. The staff retreat, Frank Taylor said this about the preacher. He said, I can remember back, I know you, I know Mark longer than anybody in this room, and I can remember back when Mark was mean. <laughs> Only good thing about me is Jesus. For me to take credit for anything that God has done through me, I would be getting that credit under false pretense. It's not me, it's Jesus within me, and thank God I realize that. I'm a good person. I don't need Jesus, I'm a good person. I'm as good as the guy down the road. I've always noticed this about people. They will always compare down. Never up. You don't hear people going around saying, well, I'm as, good as, I'm as good as Billy Graham. You don't hear people saying that. I'm as good as a guy down the road. Who is it? Yeah. Oh, that drunk guy down? Yeah, well. <laughs> Always compare down. Never up. Empty dreams. During the crucifixion, the disciples run and hide. You have heard this from time to time. The theory that the disciples stole the body. Nothing more stupid than that. 
nothing. They were scared for their life. What happened to Jesus, they thought Rome was going to kill them, and they ran for their life. Simon Peter goes from being fearful of a young girl that says, I know you, you were with him. No, I wasn't fearful of a young girl to where now he preaches on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people are born again with Roman soldiers watching, with Judaizers watching, with people that hate Simon Peter and what he was preaching watching, and that did not stop him. The answer is a resurrected Savior is what he had seen. Nothing else makes sense. Is a corpse inspirational? Let me answer you on that note. No. And if you think the disciples stole the body away and then decided we're going to start the church and we're going to get together and we're, and, and we're going to act like this happened, it really didn't happen, and then they come to Simon Peter and say, buddy, we're going to crucify you upside down. He's going to say, well, no, wait a minute. You know what really happened here? Ain't none of them. Ain't none of them backed out. They boiled John in oil and he didn't recant. Why? Because what had happened was true. They had seen him 40 days alive after the resurrection. Thank God. Thank God. An empty cross. That's what you see right here. I've never liked crucifixes that's got little Jesus on it. And I know the Catholics do that, but I, I just don't like that. The cross is empty. Thank God. Thank God. The cross is empty. An empty cross tells me that it is finished. And because the cross is empty, my life is full. An empty tomb. Because the tomb is empty, I don't have to be afraid of death. And there are people that refuse salvation, and I've seen this across the board down through the years. They are afraid of dying. They are afraid of death. They are afraid that what life has for them, they are afraid. And all you got to do is receive the assurance that God gives, and yet they won't do it. In the words of Monty Dash, this would be my question to you. How's that working out for you? Because the tomb is empty, I win. Everybody here has been to a basketball game. Some have played basketball. Most have sat in the bleachers and watched. Comes down to the final second. The team you're rooting for shoots and scores and wins. And everybody jumps up and says two words. We won! You know what the critic would do? The critic would say, oh yeah? How many points did you score out there tonight? We won. We won. Was you out there getting a rebound? Was you blocking a shot? Was you giving an assist to someone? We won! And that is as right as rain to stand up and get excited and to scream out, we won. Let me give you a verse. 1 Corinthians 15, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. We can all stand up and say, we won. Right. We won because of what Jesus does. We won. 
Who was the guy that beat Mike Tyson? Um, Buster Douglas. And then who was the next guy that beat Tyson? Gosh, who said that? I never even heard of that guy. And then who was the next guy? Holyfield. That's who I'm looking for. Holyfield got his ear bit off and all that. What happened that day was uh, the bully got bullied back, and the bully didn't quite know what to do, so the bully just took a plug out of the guy's ear. Evander Holyfield built like a rock. I don't know what he weighed, probably. Well, just to get an image of Evander, just look, look. (laughs) No, don't do that. Don't do that. Probably 6'1", 195 pounds, 200 pounds. I don't know what he weighed. What was it? Who said that? (laughs) And they said it with such a condescending attitude, like, you stupid preacher, 210. (laughs) Who did me that way? Who was that? (laughs) 210. They write him out that check after that fight was over with, and he flies back to Atlanta, Georgia, and he steps into his uh, million-dollar house, and who awaits him is Mrs. Hollyfield. And she weighs about 145, let's say. I don't know what she weighs. I mentioned this in the connection class. It's amazing the church at large. I mean, it's amazing. There's not another organization on earth like it. I mean, some people are Democrats, some people are Republicans, some people they just swear by, I got to drive a Ford, and other people I got to drive a Chevy. Uh, I said, some people like their women thin as a rail, and other people like their women with some meat on her bones. And, and I just, you know, I, so I don't know. Let's just say she weighed 150 pounds. I don't know. <laughs> Evander, in front of the whole world. Whipped up on the bully. Defeated the bully. Goes home, walks through the front door. And in one word, you could say that night, Evander was the conqueror. Walks in the door, and his wife, hundred that's what is she? Let's say 130. Let's just really make her something else. All right, 130. And she's standing there like this. And he takes the $25 million check and puts it in her hand. He's a conqueror. She's more than a conqueror. There's the, there's the Bible principle of that right there. Jesus is the conqueror because of what he done. We're more than a conqueror. Preacher, this just seems too good to be true. Thought of this this past week. Two words that's built upon three words. Two words. Jesus saves. Which is built upon three words which are, he is risen. 
if he's not risen, the Bible says we're, we're without hope. And we're miserable. We're a miserable lot if he's not risen. Two words, Jesus saves. That's built upon three words. He is risen. My life is full today because there are certain things about Easter that's empty. An empty cross, an empty tomb. I've been to that empty tomb. Only place on the planet that people line up to be able to walk in and see nothing. My life today is filled with the forgiveness of God. My life today is filled with the purpose of God. My life today is filled with the Holy Spirit of God. My life today is filled with the joy of God. Easter is filled with empty so that my life can be filled with his grace and goodness. I had them guys to uh, help me out here. Right here. Preacher, what about salvation? What about the things of God? What about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus? I thought this week the best way to explain it is with a pitcher of water and a glass. All of these things happened Easter 2,000 years ago for that my life could have that. Right there. God takes his fullness and puts into my emptiness. Things were empty on Easter so that I could have a full life today. I can explain and use a million stories and a thousand different anecdotes to try to get you to see the goodness of God and the length that God went to save you and me. But it's as simple as this. God takes his, what he's got, and fills into my empty. Right here. You can get filled with what God wants for you today. But you've got to say, here's my glass, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. I ask you to fill it, Lord. Bow your heads, please. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this day, for this Easter, and what this means to the church all over the world. The hope, the purpose, the excitement, the vision that it allows the church to have because up from the grave you arose. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And Lord, just as like pouring that glass full of water, you can pour your grace into us to where our life can be full. But we've got to want that. And I ask and pray right now on this Easter morning, if there are people here today, and they know, they know whether they've surrendered to you or not, I ask you to knock at their heart, and Lord, that they would grab a person's hand next to them and say, come and pray with me. Come and pray with me. I want my life to go from empty to being filled. 
I want, to, I want in on what this preacher was talking about today. I don't want to just have empty words. I don't want to just have empty dreams. I want God to put a purpose in my life and give me assurance that if I die, that heaven would be my home. Lord, I pray for the Sizzlekowski family. But Lord, I rejoice with the Sizzlekowski family as well. Because they're not wandering around in fear, wondering, what about mom? They know because she said yes to you. She is safe in heaven right now. Because her life was filled, filled with the grace of God. I want that to be a reality to people here today. In Jesus' name, amen. He's
chained well, my sins are gone chain my sins are gone my debt's been paid and you gave you gave your life away for me It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.